Welcome to Escape This Podcast, a show that's a mix between tabletop role-playing and escape room puzzles. It's season 13, and this is episode 2. This is a Danny episode. This is the start of an arc, isn't it? It is. It's the start of a mini-arc, which makes it very confusing in all my notes to have to have changed the first episode of the arc to episode 2 of a well, season. Well, that's what happens when we get a, a bad guest. bad idea. Every episode we have guests come on and play through an escape room that exists in our minds and our words and our hearts, but it's not a physical escape room. And this episode, we have returning guests. It's been a while. but Such reta- old guests. Old, oh. old guests from the past, from the origins of the show. But returning fan favourites, we have from No One Can Know About This, Jeff. Hey, it's me. And Ryan. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. Thank you <laughs> so much for having us. It's so great to be back. We're very excited to escape another room with you guys. Mm-hmm. It's really exciting to get you back on. It's been years. For people who maybe haven't listened to those early rooms and and don't know who you are already, do you want to give a rundown of what uh, your podcast, No One Can Know About This, is? Sure. We record ourselves playing every Final Fantasy game, and then we spend an extraordinary amount of time editing it and commenting and explaining the visuals and explaining our old, dumb thought processes (laughs) from the future and put it all together in a hopefully cohesive listening experience. Yeah, and we try to capture, you know, the focus isn't just on the game. We try to explain what happens in the game, but we more try to capture our our state of mind as we're going through it and yeah. let that unspool into your mind as well. <laughs> if, you, um, if you remember playing a video game with your best friend for too long, this recreates that feeling. Yeah, what percent <laughs> of the time would you say you have to look back and go, no, I'm sorry. I don't know. Uh, whatever was going on in my head then, I... I <laughs> it makes no I was sense just doing it nothing. the other day. I was like, I can't explain myself. My old behavior, I'm like, I'm like listening to my logic in the past going, this doesn't hold up and I can't even explain it. <laughs> well, this season, like, for instance, starts on a morning where I was just having like a bad morning and I had this like paranoid rant about how eggshells have changed and I, yeah. and I think that like something <laughs> yeah. must have been done to the eggs. At the time, like I, I was certain of it. I was like, the world is messed up. These eggs don't work the same way they used to. And I watched that and I'm like, that person is on the edge of a nervous breakdown and he's wrong about everything. Yeah. Uh, for people for people who can't see uh, the, the this is a, an audio only podcast, uh, Ryan is wearing a gigantic tinfoil hat. Uh, <laughs> so every time we have guests on the show, we have the same two questions. You'll have answered these previously, but it's been years since. So the first question is, this is an escape room show. What is your escape room experience? Jeff, why don't you start? Well, uh, I've been on an escape podcast two times. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I am a huge fan of the room video games, the nice. ones that are on the iOS, uh, the escape puzzle boxes. And I've done a lot of like little escape room stuff. Uh, I did one for my birthday here in LA. We did one, the four of us together mm. when you visited LA. And I just really find them delightful, especially when there's like an ominous vibe going on, (laughs) which is 99% of them. And I love the Resident Evil games when they're working on the puzzle levels. Mm. Ah, fair. Wonderful. And uh, and Ryan, what's your escape room experience? Obviously, probably similar. About the same as Jeff's. You know, I've been on this show. I've done a couple like with my parents and my brother sometimes when I'll be back home for the holidays. We'll go check out a little room. And then I did an awesome one with you guys and Jeff when you came to mm-hmm. L.A. 
Before we started the podcast, we were really into point and click adventures. We were doing a yes. lot of like old which, style which, Sierra yeah, it's games. A similar part of the brain, maybe. Oh, absolutely. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other element of this show is it is escape rooms in a sort of tabletop role playing style. Why don't we go reverse order this time? Ryan, what is your tabletop role playing experience? Well, Jeff and I actually met playing Dungeons and Dragons, and uh, since then I've gone on to DM a few games. Uh, I'm not currently playing or DMing, but I I feel that I, I have some comfort with the whole experience of it. Yeah, same here. Uh, <laughs> my first experience with D&D was when I met Ryan, and uh, we had some games going for a few years. One time I did a Call of Cthulhu campaign that I wrote for the group. And that was a lot of fun to run. Other than that, we had a game going for a little bit with our our good friend and dungeon master extraordinaire, Spencer Crittenden from the Harmon Town Harmon Quest podcast. Ah. Mm -hmm. Very fun uh, playing with a group of funny, cool people. Yeah. Oh, that's it. That's very cool. I'm excited to get into this into this room. I think it's time. Yeah, you get to begin this arc. All right. You get to start it all off. Danny, would you like to, to whisk every... Or do you have pen and paper? Mm-hmm. Do. All right. Let's do this then. Then you, now, then you are ready. Now, Billy has played the room. He's play tested the room. Mm. He's not heard the introduction of the I actually, I, yeah, room, I don't know the introduction. So this is the first. Like, <clears throat> I believe you are one person as well for this. Sure. <clears throat> okay. You always wondered from your first day working as an intelligence analyst what it would be like to be called up on one of those missions. The James Bond or maybe the Jack Bauer kind. Not that you really do field work. The furthest you've ever been from your office is when it got repainted and you need to spend all day in the lunchroom. But it's fun to imagine. You never expected it to start with the words Captain Flores said to you on Friday. We have reliable intelligence that Oakley Heights Secondary School has admitted an adult who is posing as a student. And the reason they are there is a matter of national security. Now, you're the youngest looking person on staff, so you're going undercover to sniff them out. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So you have to go 21 Jump Street in order to catch someone Mm -hmm. who is going 21 Jump Street. That's awesome. The the poor children who are actually just children living their lives. I hope nobody's (sighs) never been kissed in here. Oh, Oh, no. (laughs) So you buy the right clothes, management takes care of all the weird enrollment procedures, and pretty soon you're entering this school while trying your hardest to remember what teenagers are like. Your team agreed that today's was the best class timetable for you to start with, because first up for you this morning is P.E. I have Australianified all of this, so if I ever say anything that doesn't fit with how your school works, please let me know. That's what we call it. I feel Physical like a, education. Yep. They figure that going in for a sport class is probably the best way because surely doing sport is going to be the easiest point to tell the difference between children and fake children. You can just mm-hmm. tell. <laughs> so you head for the... That one knows how to catch a ball. That's an adult. <laughs> <laughs> so you head for the school gym and you start taking a look around. And here's where you might get some map drawing, some note taking in. The north wall opposite where you have come from, has two doors on it. One in the northwest corner leads to a change room and one right beside it marked as a toilet. The whole northeast corner of wall is 
a little sort of nook. It's covered in hooks and it's got students' bags hanging from all of these hooks. It's the hook nook. The hook nook. As for the gym space itself, it's set up for a couple of different sports at once, depending on what the teachers are up for. There are lines for a basketball court painted on the floor, as well as nets and balls. But there's also a tennis net running along the middle and some balls hanging around for that. A quick glance up shows rows of sprinklers on the ceiling and a large scoreboard at the top of the east wall. The other students are already here, loitering in almost a straight line, and in front of them stands a teacher whose name is, uh, you check your timetable, Ms. K. Messily, who beckons you over to join in. Ms. Messily, okay, got it. You look over all of the students, and you are flummoxed. They all look like regular children. You thought if there was a Channing Tatum there, it would be quite obvious. Uh, no, no, whoever this is, they actually look like a teenager. How on earth are you going to pick out <laughs> who the adult secretly is? All right. Captain Flores's final words to you this morning ring in your memory. As soon as you ID the infiltrator, plant this homing device in their belongings, their bag or such. We're tracking it from the outside. As soon as it's on, we'll get ready to grab them and haul them away for questioning. Uh, so, uh, make really, really sure you grab the right person. Because we do not want angry parents after us. Please. We'll, we won't let them down. We'll, we'll try. Or I will try. <laughs> and with that, you have your mission. We've entered the room and we are now taking control of the player character. Yes, Absolutely. we're the body now. Okay, okay. I think we should uh, go talk to the teacher. Yeah, we should talk go, to Mrs. Go K. Over whatever she wants the class to be doing. We mm -hmm. need to go play the part. Ms. Messily, she's not one of those strict, old-fashioned, no-nonsense teachers by the looks of it. She's just wearing loose flat shoes, cargo pants, and a school uniform jacket over a t-shirt. She has her nose to her clipboard. She's reading names off the roll. As slowly as humanly possible. You sort of suspect she's doing it on purpose so she doesn't have to run the actual PE class for that long. <laughs> and to the best so she... of your knowledge, she does not know about your secret role. She believes that you are a student. I'm going to look at the scoreboard and learn what it says. Scoreboard currently is not switched on. And over near the door, you see a table with a bulky switchboard-looking thing sitting on it, which must be its control panel. And uh, now that you're looking in that direction, you also spot something attached to the wall right behind the table, a locked box at about head height. But that's on the other side of the court from where you and the other students are. Looking up, just examining that scoreboard, my god. Like any school with a scoreboard, it probably costs more than every other piece of equipment put together here. <laughs> I think we should take a mosey by the hook nook. Wait, hold on. Wait a second. Wait. Finally. Finally, I have the power to do a thing that I've been wanting to do forever. On Zencaster. Oh, no. You look at the scoreboard. <laughs> you got a little yeah! sidebar. <laughs> it's the morning zoo. <laughs> um... Yeah, let's take a look at the hook nook. You wander innocently as close as you can to the bag area, but 
You have to keep your distance a little bit if you want to look like a normal part of the class. You take a look at all the bags. Everyone has the same identical brand of school bag. Dark green, lots of zips, drink bottle holder section on the side. All of them, of course, are in varying stages of neatness. And so you try to put on your spy brain. Would an adult imposter have a really tidy bag or a really messy one? Would they have it zipped up tight secretively or open with books falling out? Would they hang it symmetrically by that proper middle strap or just by one of the shoulder straps having it dangle sideways? Uh, you're overthinking this, you're sure. I mean, I guess it depends on how much of an actor type this mm. uh, this suspect is. Yeah, who can say? You, like, you were not told their you motivation. Know, if they're really getting into the character, then I would think that they would want to like make mm. it all messy, you know, and and be the character of a slacker because it's believable. But then, alternatively, maybe they maybe they're only doing this because. Uh... They think they'd be good at it this time round. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If I go back, I'll get 100% on all the tests. <laughs> As you're about to turn away, not sure if you're getting out of this, you hear something. Some ringing. And it's easily identifiable as coming from one bag right over to the left. And the reason it catches your attention is it's not a normal ringtone. You recognize it very clearly as a ringtone that is coming out of a Nokia 3310. Okay. And immediately, like, nostalgia hits you. The decades ring past, and you go, oh, my God, that's an adult. Or is yeah. it a really retro teenager? <laughs> <laughs> okay, look, it's a clue, uh, but you're not does sure. It, it doesn't seem like I could get close to the bag right now without getting in trouble. A little bit. It seems like mm -hmm. if you try to get close to the bag, Miss Messily, uh, she goes, Ahem! <laughs> if you left something in your bag, it will have to wait for the bell. So, yeah, definitely some and that's, uh... And now I have to start the roll from the beginning again. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Is that the... Uh... You know what? It actually sounds like they were able to customize a little bit, so it's clearly got oh, the same oh. notes. But remember back when you could just press your own oh buttons on the God, phone and record right. your own? Uh, do you remember that you could do that? You yeah, could set your ringtone by going beep boop boop beep beep boop 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 boop. I mean, this should be on your oh. sound uh, panel. There was if a reason a we all thought technology was going to lead to a glorious future. <laughs> oh, you know? that's like, I hadn't thought about that in it decades. We had choices back like then. A good thing. <laughs> um, uh, so anyway, well, you're you're about to sheepishly wander away from the bags, but then there's another sound. This time it's from a bag off to the right. It's got the similar sort of beepy MIDI-esque quality to it, but it's slightly a slightly different tune. And you look over. And this time, you can actually see what it is. There is a pager clipped to the outside of one of the bags. What? Oh my god, that's even older. Okay, look, you did a little bit of reading about current teen trends before you came on this mission. And as far as you could find out, retro is not super in right now. And it would be very unlikely that a class would have two kids with ancient technology in them and you feel convinced in your heart of hearts that one of these two bags belongs to your imposter okay there's an old man and a dork <laughs> <laughs> i haven't put a bag up there have i i assume you did yeah that would make sense you'd have a bag right? up there 
So unfortunately, yeah, you didn't use that moment. To I get a know good look. if I have a Nokia thirty three ten or a pager <laughs> yeah. in my bag. Yeah. I'm the imposter. <laughs> Do I? Yeah. N- neither of those are yours. Okay. Okay. Well, we should continue our mosey along and look at the bathroom. See if we can go inside of the bathroom. Excuse me, uh, it's an emergency. I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, it it's is been, an emergency. It's been a very long time since you've had to ask permission to go to a bathroom, and you sort of wonder what happens if she says no. Well, yeah. What do we do in that case? But um, luckily, that does not happen, and she just, uh, Miss Messily just nods, gives you a little bit of a wave to go in, and then starts reading the role once again because no, she wants to play. Start again. Aaron She's... Aronson. <laughs> Got Ben Stein the t- as a teacher. Exactly. <clears throat> so you head in there, and sorry, I've got a section of my notes that's for the, what the outside of the toilet looks like and the inside, and they're very far away from each other. <laughs> <clears throat> so as you walk towards the toilet door, you get a bit of an impression. It's going to be one of these standard single cubicle with a tiny sink attached to the inner wall. The walls and door are floor to ceiling. There is no way for air to escape if the door is kept closed, which is going to be great. If it's anything close to how you remember your high school toilets, the flush probably doesn't work either. So you head in, you open the door the rest of the way. It wasn't quite closed. And you take a look inside. Uh, Yeah, the flush doesn't look like it's in great shape. You press the button and it just... You know when they press, press too easily, there's no actual pressure? to the button Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's one of those the little sink on the side it's not working either and that's just even worse somehow kids going around with unwashed hands there's some graffiti that doesn't seem to mean anything on the walls some of it's pretty harsh a lot of it you can't interpret at all you keep searching and ooh, there's something hidden in here Where, where would you think something could be hidden uh in the top tank luckily not in the top tank but taped behind the top tank. We figured it oh, out. Oh, okay. okay. It's very narrow. It's a thin notebook, the cheapest kind that you can get, and mostly empty. But in the middle, you find one page of hasty writing. I believe that should open for you. Would one of you like to read out this note that you found? Uh, sure, I can do it. The language barrier is harder than I thought. Need to take notes. Sometimes drop a consonant from the middle or the end of a word especially when it's part of an idiom or common phrase. Mentioning celebrities equals sounds like the actual word they're trying to say. Even with this, you still need to actually know what their idioms mean. Good thing I've got time. That's curious. Mm. Like a little puzzle. So it seems (laughs) like our imposter isn't a native speaker. (laughs) Some, uh, yeah, especially when it's part of an idiom or common phrase. Hmm. Mm. Okay, 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 interesting. Okay. All right. I'm going to close the door behind me and open the top tank to see if I can fix the, the you know, <laughs> if it, in my experience, when you flush and it just goes, you just got to fix the little chain back onto the lever and then you'll be able to evacuate the toilet. But yeah, I want to do this while the door is closed because it's airtight, and I wonder if something's going to happen. Oh, with the, dear. With the, like, you know, <laughs> the, the pressure inside. I don't know. No, using your amazing adult skills, you can fix a toilet in a way that <laughs> yeah. no normal student ever would. 
but uh, nothing extraordinary happens from here. It's just a toilet. Okay. Okay. I had to find out. Mm. Okay. You can't just leave it like that, though. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just appropriate to fix it. Hmm. Interesting. I, I am feeling less adult by the second as this conversation <laughs> continues. Well, um, I use the toilet. <laughs> oh, but the sink Sorry, doesn't I, work. You know, I... The sink. <laughs> yeah, you're right. What are we you're thinking? Right. Okay, are we done in the bathroom? Well, we have this clue. Uh, I don't know if it. I. I don't. I feel like we need to gather more information like to know what it applies to. To use this clue with. Yeah, because we'll have to talk to each of the students, and I also want to think about how to get into the changing room because I think we'll learn something about the messiness of each of the children. I think we should tell her that we made a, we had an accident. We need to go in the changing room. <laughs> yes, that's it. We didn't make it to the toilet in time. And now we need to change. So that's the well, plan. Well, it's not our fault. The toilet was broken. And while we were trying to fix it, uh, we, the, we got it's splashed. Fault. Yeah, this is all your yeah. fault, miss. <laughs> I don't have this in my notes, but I think it works. <laughs> <laughs> So we go into the changing room to get a fresh pair. Yeah, normally you wouldn't be able to go into the change room without catching too much attention. But this time you've got a good enough excuse. You whisper it to Ms. Messily so the other students don't pay too much attention to I your mean, story. I mean, we can blow up our, our <laughs> reputation here. We don't have a future that we need to secure. <laughs> They need to respect us or they're not going to tell us about these other kids. This kid's you're right. probably you're like right. the cool one. You're totally right. Oh, that's always the wonder. Don't, don't you ever wonder that? If you were to just be transported back to a teen body in the middle, in the middle of school, yeah. would you then, How... with your adult brain, be the cool one? Mm. It's, I don't think I would be. I think I, I would... I would not be troubled as much by yeah. whether or not I am the cool one. That's the trick. That's how you be the cool one. Because you'd go back in time, you'd be like, why do I care if these kids like me? They're dumb. But They're I kids. even had a And night then you would be like, all these kids like me so much. I yeah, because you'd be so cool with all and these kids. <laughs> I don't know. I'm still embarrassed by stuff I did in high school. Like just the other day, I was thinking back on something that happened in, in the fourth grade. And I was like beating myself up for it. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I was like, why am I emotionally embarrassed right now for an act I took more than 20 years ago? Yeah. That does I, not matter. And I, I didn't have... even have a real brain back then. It wasn't done yeah, cooking. Like, of course Shut I didn't made, like, I have tremendous respect for all the comedians who just their entire act is going back to hilarious parts from their childhood and the stupid things they did as kids. Because I can't do that. I am still too mortified. Too embarrassed. It's their therapy. Mm. So you, you managed to get your way somewhat subtly into mm -hmm. the change room. Okay. Well, there's not actually that much going on here. Apparently the kids are all packed up quite neatly. The clothes are all very normal in the way they're set out there. The one interesting factor that you do notice is there is a big cardboard lost and found box sitting right beside the door. I peer into the box. You lean in, you get a good look at the lost and found. Looks to be all clothes, bits and pieces of school uniform that have been left behind when students got changed. Uh, you reach in, the top thing is a jacket and it's covering up everything else and this is all, yeah, all school uniform. So you pick up the jacket and you look at what's underneath it. And when you do, whew, a smell oh. hits Oh, you. I know exactly the smell too. 
the further down you get into the box, the worse it gets. It's still all normal clothes, but some of this stuff at the bottom must have been here for at least months. Just the stinkiest, sweatiest shirts, shorts, and socks. They, you also get just a hint of that mold smell coming from something in here. That's <laughs> mm, mm. not great. Um, the, the jacket, is there anything in the pockets? No, not that you can tell. Okay. There's the switchboard in the main room that we could try to flick on. I'm not sure if that's something that would draw attention from the teacher of the class. Ah, so the table that has the score, the big scoreboard controller on it? Right, right. Yeah. Going back into the main room. You have a bit of a wander over in that direction, but the exact instant your feet reach the opposite side of the court lines, Ms. Messily's voice rings out. Excuse me, nobody touches the electronics without my explicit permission. And you can tell uh, she is not kidding. May I? Uh, no. I think you mean. I think you mean. Can I? <laughs> I, was, I was like saying. I was saying the correctly to impress her. Uh, teachers don't care. They just want to get. They just want to correct. They you. just want to correct you. Yeah. She okay, thinks you're okay, mocking let's her. Back off. We've got to pretend that we're afraid. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. There's also the lockbox above that. We got to mm. not forget that. Right. So going back, does she seem to be? Proceed, finishing up with roll call, or is she... She's up to the letter S, which means you cannot tell exactly where that is. That could be getting <laughs> towards the end. Okay. But you can't okay. tell from the makeup of this class. Let's talk to these students and yeah. see what they have to say. The students are milling around. They're chatting in little circles, just barely listening for when Miss Messily calls their name. Some look comfortable. Some are just in awkward adolescent postures and they haven't quite worked out how to hold themselves yet. Nobody looks obviously suspicious. You don't even spot clear social divides among them. They're just little groups of teens being teens. So you approach and how hard can it be? So there's a boy and a girl not far from you. They give you polite smiles as you approach and they move to include you in a little circle. And then the girl says, Nai me, you got lucky game with Cray Cray Clay. <laughs> uh, what? Oh shit, these people really don't we're, We don't know their language For sure, um, for sure You thought you had kept up with youth slang reasonably well But <laughs> not so much I, I respond in the affirmative <sighs> You didn't realize how popular Clockwork Orange <laughs> had become in this world <laughs> Yeah uh, Could she repeat that? <laughs> She doesn't seem inclined to repeat that. In fact, she thinks that's a little bit weird. So okay. eventually you sort of awkwardly back off and like you try again with a couple of other students. And yeah, you keep in mind, you have learned that apparently language is weird. You listen intently to the various groups of people trying to catch them. And a few phrases stick out at you. And they're the ones that you memorize. One of them that you hear is, Messily's a funny one. She cray cray calay. Then another one, as a response to that, was, yeah, but at least she gear good for gear good. And a third phrase, fatty can't take it, though. He's got Ali G for the calf. These kids know Ali G. Then I've just, I think I solved it. Well, that's what we heard. We have. <laughs> I'm just saying, if any of these kids know who Ali G is. So Messerly's a funny cray one. Calais. She's a cray, cray, calais. 
Yeah, but at least I mean, yeah, but if they drop if they good. drop a consonant from the middle or the end of the word, especially when it's part of an idiom, she's crazy, crazy, kalady. Yeah, I am feeling good that cray cray is crazy, crazy. Uh, that he can't take it. He's got allergy for the car. <laughs> Hold on. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but at least she guy good for gee good. Mentioning celebrities equals sounds like the actual word they're trying to say. So Ali right. G doesn't isn't Ali G. They're just using that because it sounds like some other word. Mm. Okay. Actually, okay. um, actually for the car, car, mm. which is probably <laughs> that car. doesn't really work. <laughs> He's got actually for the car. <laughs> He yeah. sells seashells. Um, fatty can't take it. He's got Ali G for the ca. He's got allergy. Allergy for the. He can't take it. He's got allergy for the cat. Cat. That would make sense. Okay. I mean, Okay, Thaddy can't take it though. But that's He's got but what are they talking about? The that's true. I mean, that was the last <laughs> part of the conversation. Mean? What is Thaddy? Is that that is the end of the conversation? Maybe it makes right, more sense if you right. can figure out the other ones. Okay, all right, all okay, right. Yeah, Hold we're on. working backwards. All right, Messerly. Is that a famous name? That was the teacher. That's the teacher. Yeah, okay. yeah. She's cray cray cat lady, crazy crazy cat lady. Crazy, crazy cat lady. Now the She's conversation starts one. to make sense. It starts yeah, to but at least she. But at least she gets. She get. Mm, yeah, the middle one is yeah, but at least she gig good for gay good. Gee good for gay good. See, this is how you spell good in when you're telling a gamer to get good. Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't even see that as an incomplete word anymore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let me try. Let me try to see it as not a word. Maybe she does need to get good. <laughs> she gives goodies for getting. She gives good. Yeah, so she gives good for get good. But then that's still an then odd thing Daddy to say. Can't take it though. You know, Thaddy cannot take that. Well, of course he can't. He's got Ali G for the car. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> See, if I were saying that, I would mean that if you get good, you she makes it worth your while with pizza or grades uh -huh. or whatever. I don't know. It's like yeah. she pays well. At you least you basically got it. You do something good and you will get rewarded. Yeah. So what we have right now is this... The back and forth is Nestle is a funny one. She's a cray cray cat lady. She's a crazy, crazy cat lady. Yeah, but at least she gives good for get good. Fatty can't take it, though. He's got allergy for the cat. Yeah. Feels like to an extent you think they're talking about that it's pretty good to be in her class for most people, even <laughs> if she's a bit of a funny one. I see. Messily is a funny one. She is crazy for felines. Ah, but at least she has a sense of reciprocity. 
<laughs> I don't know if, if we figured this out. <laughs> I, don't I don't think that's think good. It's close to making sense, but it's not. Are any other kids talking? <laughs> but you still need to actually know what their idioms mean, even with that. Well, yeah. Yeah. So being a crazy cat lady, I'm not sure that we know what that means. But that definitely connects to allergy for the cat. Like, I feel like mm. those two, you know. Mm. Does she look like she's covered in cat? You definitely see fur on her jacket. Yes. Anything unique about the clothes that the students are wearing? Uh, bits and pieces. Like, mostly it's just a school sports uniform. But they're a bit more relaxed about the sports uniform. So there are a couple of flares here and there. None stands out as one student doing something. Is she still reading the roll call? Yep. Yeah, Very I was thinking, slowly. is there a way to distract her? Is there anything of note in the roll call? I don't know how there could be. Like, who nah. cares about what their name is? She will just keep going until she gets through the inordinate number of students with Y surnames. There's not like um, names above the backpacks or anything, are there? No. Okay. You mentioned that there's balls around and all sorts of uh, equipment on the floor. Is that just kind of gym general? So some of that is just general stuff, but you're more than welcome to look more specifically at the court and the net and things like that. Okay, oh, yeah. let's, let's take a look at the net. You approached the net to take a look, and from a distance it appeared normal, but up close, it's got problems. You don't even think it's wear and tear problems. This looks like it's just had structural issues since the beginning. The netting, you know, a tennis net, it's a nice even grid of squares made by polyester or whatever the string is. And instead, this one is just uneven, saggy rectangles. Some of the gaps are just easily big enough to let a tennis ball sail through. It's barely usable. Your eyes wander and you accidentally make eye contact with Ms. Messily, who grimaces when she sees you at the net. It looks like she's not happy about the state of it, so it must have been like this for a long time and just no one has done anything to fix it. Like, take a look at this thing. It's uh, upsetting. There's an image for you of the net. Uh, people at home can see this image in the show notes. Oh, that um, one's totally messed up. Mmm, spiderweb net. I'd ask you to describe it, but it's a bit hard to describe. That's exactly what it is. It's saggy, wobbly rectangles. Yeah, we got like an uneven grid here. There's some very large rectangles and then some smaller ones. It's not actually one of those spider nets that like is a part of a ropes course where they like <laughs> have the, you know, and you got to like climb through. No, I'm just saying holes. it's all haphazard it and entirely... like there's big holes. And... The more you look at it, the yeah. more you wonder if that was originally its purpose and <laughs> they were just too cheap to change it. Okay. Kind of looks like a waving flag a little bit. <laughs> Okay, so there's a messed up net. I wonder if it does represent a flag of some nation's origin. And as an American, <laughs> I don't know many flags. So looking at that, it doesn't mean anything to me other than it could be. How about the balls? The tennis balls? There are not many of them. They're not in very good condition. They also don't appear suspicious. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They're just waiting to get used. Uh, you said there was also a rope or something else in, in addition to the net? I think it was just other stuff that was on the floor with the balls. Oh, uh, yeah, I, just I very standard stuff. Oh, I might have mentioned, like, you know, the court has lines painted all over it and things like right, that. Right, right, right. 
Is there anything of note about the lines and also the basketball hoops? The hoops look normal, frayed netting around them, of course, but the lines on the court, you immediately went, oh, cool, basketball court. But now you look at them again and go, wait, hold on. Are all of these basketball lines or are some of these also tennis lines? They've just got over... Okay, whatever. Let, let's take a look at this. Like, this is what... <laughs> This is what the court looks like. So there's a, another it, image yeah. of this. Definitely uh, resembles basketball. If you'd like to try and do your best describing what this court looks like. It does look like a basketball court, but instead of when the the key, I believe it's called, mm -hmm. where you have like the free throw and then like that area that goes up to the net, instead of having it wrap around and be perfectly perpendicular to where the net would be, it's kind of a cone shape. Mm. And... It also doesn't have a three-point line. Mm -hmm. Oh, it looks just like the net, though. Like the pattern of the basketball court looks just like the way. Very of the similar holes to the, the net. net. Yeah, because the the circles obviously don't exist on the net, but everything else no, no, actually but is. The way the grid works is maps perfectly. Sort of, it kind of does. Why would the floor plan match the net? Uh. It could be a coincidence. Hmm. I'm going to look up at the sprinklers. <laughs> it could be a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look at the sprinklers. <laughs> the sprinklers uh, dot the ceiling as any good large room should have them, and you don't notice anything unusual about them. You do notice that there's a little brand written on the basketball court that says, Court made by Sports Inc. And you do also notice the side of the net has the same logo, oh. so they were clearly made by the same people. Hmm... You know, sports ink. Sports. They make all your sports sort of stuff. Subliminal mm -hmm. messaging. That's the, that's their tagline. <laughs> sports ink. <laughs> we make all your sports stuff. Why would the floor match the net? Is the net in the center, like a, a, a of the court, as though it's like mm -hmm. a tennis net? Yep. Very curious. Sports ink is definitely. Do I look at the scoreboard? Does sports ink make that? Not that you can tell. As an intelligence analyst, do I have any gadgets in my pocket where I could somehow <laughs> sense something out of the Nokia, you know, like get data off of it remotely Man, using if... my gadget? Yeah. I, I just watched the full season two of uh, Hunted, so I'm sure that technology does exist, okay. but uh, you do not have it on your person. Oh, I you should have been to... prepared. Yeah, you need to be able to uh, know the number and remotely hack into it to tell all the contacts. Uh, back in the changing room with the lost and found and uh, like the, the jacket that was covering all the disgusting smells, um, was that covered in hair or, or cat hair or anything? No, it doesn't. It, it's the, it was on top, so it's the least worst smelling thing in there. It doesn't seem like okay. it's covered in anything in particular. Okay, okay. Is exactly the same type of school jacket, though, as Miss Messaloose. We got to figure out how to get to the switchboard in the lockbox. I think we need to like challenge these kids to a, a a sports match, a sporting game, and see who's too strong for their own good or something. Uh. <laughs> like, and also see if like there's a special game that starts being played on this. Uh, yeah, maybe they <laughs> don't pattern. play the games we think that they play. Maybe they play like <laughs> Foursquare or, you know? or some weird version of Foursquare involving this pattern. It's four to the power of three over two square now. <laughs> <laughs> How can we distract Miss Nestle? Let's think about this. 
Well, there's only one of us. Now we'll say, what? Why? Why distract her? It sounds like, if anything, it would be good to be rewarded by her. Yeah, she get good to get good. Oh well, yeah, she does get good to How get good. How do we get on her good side? Hmm. Could we um, play a game of Sports Inc. with the other students? while she does the... Based on uh, how slowly she's still reading this role, you can't imagine that sports mm. impresses her. She's unhappy with the state of the net. Maybe we should point out to the teacher that the net matches the basketball court. Let's do that. And just act like... See what like, she's saying. Have, has anybody ever noticed? Look at her expectantly. <laughs> <laughs> After we because yeah, did she notice that we were near the lines of the pattern? Oh, she would have. Uh, you can bring that up to her, and she looks over and says, "Oh yeah, shame the the court lines. They actually work. Like they're actually all straight, like they're supposed to be. They're they're in place, unlike the stupid net. Huh. Been that way since the beginning. We can just never figure it out, no matter how we tried to." Tighten it, install it. Something's just been wrong since the beginning. Hmm. Hmm. Is it possible this is how it's supposed to be, Ms. Nesley? Does Maybe it this look... isn't a tennis net at all. Ugh. No, she I think we're no, no, this is balls. how it was labeled. It was an all-purpose mid-court Through... net. Mid-court uh, net. For what game? All, all of purpose. them. All That's game. what they said. Normal tennis, badminton. It was meant to work for all of them as long as we strung it over the matching court. Net jump. Oh, like the court is meant to do all sports? Exactly. Yeah, it's just like a, it's just like a, a gymnasium that's set up for all kinds of stuff. Do they take the net down for basketball? No, the plan is typically half court. Uh, okay, I thought they were jumping over it. <laughs> I look at the students and I say, hey, Thaddy, and see if any one of them turns around. I expect one of them probably would. A uh, tall boy turns around and sees that boy. it's you. How looks tall? Looks confused. H how <laughs> tall is Thaddy? He's like 6'7". <laughs> huge. How many other 6'7 kids are in this room? One. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's there's one other tall, re like particularly tall kid. Damn, he's only six six and a half though. It's embarrassing, a really. One, yeah. Okay, so that worked. We found out who Fatty was. He's very tall. Uh, we haven't seen any names on the bags, but well, he's looking at us right here. now. Right. He quickly looks away in confusion <laughs> as he realizes okay. he does not know you. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Well, I don't think that this is important, but I noted at the very beginning that our office was repainted while we were in the lunchroom all day. <laughs> That's it. And Suddenly I really the net have lines been up. waiting, waiting for that to fall into alignment. <laughs> and not yet. Let me see if I can just just like reapproach the whole thing. Oh, we should make the net look like the court because she did say that the court is exactly right with all the lines but mm. the net is both missing the circles and the angled lines that i mentioned yeah mm -hmm. um and i guess yeah if there's a way to do anything with the net to, to change its structure when we touch it can we fix the net 
Alright, so it seems like to do that, the first step seems to be acquire some circles. Right. What would be some good net-fixing circles, maybe? Hmm, this is a good question. Hmm. I'm just looking at things that are circles around here, and we've got the <laughs> hoops. We have that notebook we found. Right, we need, like, string or yarn. Uh, like a name tag or, um... Could we, I'm going to look through the lost and found and see if I see anything that is circular. Pieces of old, um, disgusting uniforms <laughs> that I could fashion into a circle. <laughs> Not so much that. And in fact, uh, what you find probably is small enough that it wouldn't have found its way into the lost and found box. But these are things that get lost with great frequency. And in the change room, in a completely separate corner... You spot one discarded hair elastic. Ah, oh, hair ties. Uh, well, I, I'm going to take that. We're, so that's only one, though. We're going to need two. Yeah. Maybe a student is wearing one. Oh, you take a look around, and yeah, a lot of the girls in class do have some. In fact, you spot one girl who has like a really long plait of hair with about five different hair bands in it. So she seems like a good one. She can surely spare something. I'm going to roll stealth. Excuse me. <laughs> oh, you're going to try to steal it? <laughs> she immediately whips around. Her hair has a super sensitivity. And she looks at you, so you try the ask nicely approach. I was doing that because I like you. <laughs> <laughs> doing a little hair pulling. She, Act, she getting into you. the role of a teenager. I'm immature. I don't she, know <laughs> how to communicate, you know. In a mature way. She scrutinizes like you. you. She looks at your hair. You did uh, let your hair grow out just a little bit for this assignment. And she goes, yeah, messes will wrap you when you play with that map. And then she reaches up and she pulls off the last one of her hairbands and hands it to you. Uh, You'll take it. You aren't sure what yeah, she said, but it counts. Like, thank you. Promotion, uh, here we come. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to take the hair ties and we're going to um, tie it to the net so that it's, it looks more like the basketball floor mm. or whatever it is you take these two hairbands you loop them around where the circles on the court indicate they would go if the net matched you wrap them around you twist them so they're not in place and the net looks a lot better just having that little bit of extra grip on those two points makes it a Ooh. lot sturdier it looks like it almost works now Right from the beginning, the school has just clearly installed it wrong. They lost a couple of pieces and they didn't put it upright. Oh, so you stand back, you admire your work, and then you hear, Did you do that? Yeah, we're about to get good. Miss Messily, <laughs> that it hasn't worked for years. How did. You know what? Doesn't matter. Oh, thank you. Look, we aren't playing tennis today, but that doesn't mean I don't appreciate your hard work. In fact, you can work the scoreboard while the rest of us play half-court. Oh, yay. Yeah. Oh, yes. You did now it. Now we're getting You somewhere. unlocked the next She part. finally calls out uh, student um, Harry Zizax. Yep, And right. uh, the roll call is finished, and they can finally start playing sports. Okay, let's Great. go turn it on. All right. Guilt-free, you head for the table with the control panel. It's nice you have this whole side of the room to yourself. So there is still that box behind you now, but for now you examine the controls. There are buttons for all the digits one to nine, 
an enter button to actually make them appear on the scoreboard, and some obnoxious little musical buttons. Ugh. There is also, interestingly, <laughs> I can't talk while this is going, or can I? Please. There's also, interestingly, a note taped to the machine that says, remember to institute a mercy rule. Scoreboard is faulty. Heats up and gives off sparks after a minute if the two teams have a huge score difference. And while you're contemplating what this means, Miss Messily has started organizing this half-court basketball game, splitting the class into two teams. A lot of the kids, you notice, are kind of sluggish and unenthusiastic. They just don't have much energy. There aren't that many athletes in the class. But there are two boys who look like they are raring to go and could drop the ball into a hoop without even needing to stand on their toes. And you recognize <laughs> one of them right away. And Ms. Messi, you hear call out, uh, now Thaddeus and Neil, the two of you have to be on opposite sides. And so, uh, yep. The two tall boys, they nod and they separate. Okay. Because if they didn't, the scoreboard would explode. Apparently. <laughs> if, if there was only one You're team with a tall all. boy, the scoreboard would explode. <laughs> Um, okay, That's so actually the, re the real reason that Miss Messily put you on scoreboard because you're also tall. Oh yeah, you you're eight feet tall. Right. You're that. You're that wax figure at Ripley's Believe It or Not. <laughs> Robert Wadlow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna turn on the scoreboard and see if there already was a score from a previous time. You, you give it a go. You turn it on, and it just starts at zero zero. Nothing even happens unless you press the enter button. So you can actually play around with the numbers as much as you want without it, anything showing up on the scoreboard at first. So you press some of them, you make some of the dumb music happen. Uh, every time you play... Yeah. You said it! You I know. <laughs> the one thing that you up. do notice is that uh, every time you press one of the numerals buttons, it lets out a MIDI-style melodic beep. A different Ooh. note for each number. It, the volume isn't very loud, but it is hooked up to the speaker system, so your quiet little beeps can be heard from any corner of the gym. I'm gonna play uh, do 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 on the scoreboard. You think back to that Nokia ringtone, and you experiment that. with the buttons, and you're pretty sure you can replicate the tune exactly. You give it I'm your best, best shot, and. One of the female students jumps and looks over to her bag. She doesn't go over there, but you can tell from her expression that it is her phone. Okay. You hear another student say, oh, what's up, Miriam? But she Miriam. just goes, eh, eh, and shakes her head and returns to what she was doing. You scrutinize her appearance for a little bit. Anything impostery? Eh, not much. Although you do spot now, uh, her socks don't match. One is black cotton and the other is lacy and blue. Okay, is this a one-person teen trend? Or is this an adult who's trying to seem childlike? Does it fit with an earnest Nokia owner or a retro Nokia owner? I'm trying to figure it out. I think it fits with a retro Nokia owner. Yeah, mismatched socks seems like too high level of an idea for somebody going undercover to actually... Like, there's so many layers to unpack of why they mismatched their socks that they just wouldn't even think to do it. 
Um, but it does seem like something a teenager would do. It does. To be just to mismatch their socks. But it's also I mean, something an adult who's just given up say, on life would do. You you I, often have mismatched socks. I don't match <laughs> socks. So can I make the sounds of a pager as well? You consider it, press a couple of numbers, and yeah, you basically get there. And so you press that, you make the sound loop a couple of times. Oh, and yeah. this time, one of the boys stops what he's doing and reflexively takes a few steps towards the bags. Uh, Paul, Miss Messily calls warningly. Okay. So Paul stops, he heads back to where he was, so you look for anything odd about him. You go, eh, he's not really hanging out with the other students by the looks of it. He's sort of standing there with his arms crossed. Hmm. And a surly teen or an adult who doesn't find other teens interesting. This is really is, tough. It would be really weird for an adult to have a pager right now. Like, unless also you are true. literally a doctor, mm -hmm. which I believe is a system that still runs mm. on uh, pager systems. Maybe, may, oh, maybe he's a maybe he's just a very secretive person, and they're less hackable. Yeah, well, we've figured out who those two bags belong to, so that's progress. We got the lockbox. Yeah, let's go take a look at that. We haven't really looked at that yet. This is a non-see-through box, firmly attached to the wall, and it's got a six-letter combination lock holding it closed. It's an old lock covered in rust. People must not open this thing often. Yeah, look at that. This lock is so old. One of the letters on the reels doesn't even move. The third letter is stuck in H. You wonder what's inside. And as you wonder, you spot uh, some words that have been stenciled on the front of this box. Uh, yeah, anybody at home can see this, uh, this note. But uh, Jeff, would you like to read it out? Yes. In the top right, it says shot swarm. And then there's a blank word, like space for a word. And then it says scold. Shot, swarm, blank, scold. And I guess the missing word will be uh, something that starts with an S and has the third letter as an H. Maybe. Well, the third letter is definitely an H. And following the pattern of shot, swarm, and scold, you're definitely going to start with an S. And I would guess that the word is school. Why do you say that? A word that starts with an S <laughs> is going to be wanting an H right next to it, except for that one that has a C in between. Hmm. It's, it's, I mean, it's a pretty good guess. There's another fun little uh, clue that could, mm. that could clue you into exactly why it's school. Ryan, you got any ideas? Because I, I, um, I feel like I just figured it out, like, uh, I'm ready to solve the Wheel of oh, Fortune. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, you, you, you've, you've jumped in. If I were Pat Sajak, I'd be clapping my hands vigorously. That's if only Vanna's we were so job. Lucky. If, I was, if, if I was Vanna White, I'd be clapping my hands. If I was another contestant next to you, I'd be clapping my hands vigorously. Resentfully. <laughs> but there's just a, just a fun another little clue that you might, mm -hmm. you might see there. What are, the, what are the words you've got in that list already? Shot, swarm, scold. I mean, they do seem to have a lot of the letters that make up school. They definitely all start with an S. Mm -hmm. Shot, swarm, school, scold. Hot, warm. Oh, hot, warm, cold. School, cool. cold. Cool. Cool. Yeah. It's yeah. a bit of fun. Hot, yeah. warm, oh, cool, like cold. That. Yeah, I love wow, that. That's, wow. Yeah, as I, soon as you took... said that, I saw it. I could not, <laughs> I could not make my brain do it. Yeah. No. That's very clever. Hot, warm, I cool, love cold. That. Very good. Very good. 
<laughs> I think the fact that you would be saying it C-H-O-O-L also stopped me from being able to take that leap. Mm. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you didn't need to take the leap because you leapt already and landed perfectly mm -hmm. on school. <laughs> yeah. You I jumped to conclusion. You you look around. Nobody's paying you any attention right now, although Ms. Messily will surely notice soon that you're not keeping score for the game. So you put in the word school. Add some numbers to the board. The lock opens. <laughs> you open the box quickly and inside. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, there's a thermostat in here. Oh. Hmm. What does the thermostat read? At the moment, it is a very appropriate room temperature. Um, Ryan, do you want to blow up the scoreboard? Yeah. Let's switch it on mm. and put a high score in one of the things and a zero on the other side and let it go for more than a minute. You enter a high score for one of the teams. Uh, who do you like, Thaddeus or Neil? Mm, let's, let's go with Thaddeus. Thaddeus. Okay. You give uh, Thaddeus's team a score that they obviously haven't quite earned yet. You say they, you mean he. He's doing all of the work, and Neil is doing all the work for his team. Right. <laughs> as soon as the number appears, though, Miss Messily glares at you. If you can't handle the duty of scoring sensibly, I'll do it myself. I was afraid of that. And Dang it. To... I may gig good to get good, but I give bad to get bad. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, you quickly um... erase it. You can't lose this power just yet. Hmm. Okay. We're going to have to we can make out it hot. do it. We can make it hot in here. Yeah, and then she'll have to maybe make it make it cold so that she has to put on clothes <laughs> instead of take them off. Why don't you try and break it down? What do you want what do you want to achieve? Well that we want to achieve her not paying attention for a solid minute so that we could blow up the scoreboard. Putting a high score on one side and a low score on the other side and waiting for more than a minute. Well, we can just try to make it so that one team wins somehow. We, we we had the thought that we were certain one of the people who had one of those bags was the fake. So we've got yep. Miriam mm -hmm. and Paul, and one of them has mismatched socks. We could find a matching sock in the lost. We, we know whose bag is whose. True, but you don't know which one is the imposter who's recently arrived at the school. Right. Yeah. Let's go looking for socks. Yeah. Uh, in the, the changing room. You, you take the quickest of dips out around back to the change room. So quick, you're, you're mm -hmm. relying mostly on memory because you've already been through the box. So you're just taking one more quick look over there. And you do indeed spot a lacy blue sock in there. Not in good condition. And some of the blue that's on it uh, is not the original blue. You think it's oh. been growing some more blue over time. That person has been here for a while. Definitely. Mm -hmm. mm. Miriam lost that sock months and months and months ago. Well, through deduction, we're right on to Paul. It seems like it's probably Paul. Which means you only have one more task left, which is get the homing device that you have into, into his, bag, his bag. Which sadly, if you recall, I believe was neatly zipped up. We're gonna need oh, a distraction. No. But first, we've got to figure out how to juice the game to make the score crazy, to make the board explode, to make the sprinklers go off, to make the distraction happen so we can slip the homing device into Paul's pagery backpack. 
Exactly. Perfect. All right. And with the match going on, you're watching, like, most of the kids are terrible. They can barely pass to each other. And it's pretty much just a one-on-one game between Thaddeus and Neil. Um, how could we break one of their legs? Hmm. Exactly. How could we... Metaphorically, <laughs> how could you break one of their legs? What else do we have? Well, we can change the temperature. Yeah, but presumably that would affect them both equally. Yeah. yeah. Unless one of them runs hot. Oh, we need cat hair. We need to somehow trigger Thad's allergies. He does have an allergy for the cat. Mm. It's all over Mrs. Nestle. We gotta make it cold so she takes off her sweater. Wait. Sorry, one more time? So we make it hot. Sorry, the opposite then, of what, yeah. what we were Usually thinking a second ago. Usually people put on clothes when they're sorry, sorry. <laughs> cold. The one where the clothes, you need fewer. We make fewer we're, clothes with temp. Temperature clothes in My brain we're is making like it hot in crashing. Her. <laughs> yep. You turn around and you sneakily turn the thermostat way up. And it only takes a couple of minutes before it is midday and summer levels of hot in here and Ms. Messily is right near an air vent so sweat starts dripping down her temples and pretty soon she just heaves a huge exhausted sigh removes her jacket folds it up into a neat bundle and drops it against the wall behind her how are we going to get this on the kid now we got to make it super cold so that the kid needs a jacket mm. and puts on the cat jacket but that, wouldn't she just put it back on because she'd be cold? You're totally right. I guess we could just go and do it instead of, like, because I still feel tied to the scoreboard is why I'm not just going and doing it. Yeah, it's okay. Apparently, you, you have uh, earned enough goodwill that you can do a little bit of a wander as long as you don't do anything too ridiculous. Unfortunately, grabbing the teacher's jacket and just walking <laughs> away with it, she notices, it takes her a moment before she notices that you're, like, behind her. But when she sees you, like, walk away with her jacket, she will definitely notice that. There, I'm going to replace it with the jacket that was sitting on top of the lost and found garbage. Oh, my gosh. Well done. Yeah. I'm taking a bow. You can't I'm so hear it. I'm so proud of us in this I'm bowing. <laughs> you snatch that spare jacket from the lost and found, and you sneak up behind Ms. Messily, and you quick swap. Quickest swap right. ever. And she notices you walking away with a jacket, but she looks behind her and, well, that's her jacket's right there. So whatever. I guess you've just had a jacket this whole time and she didn't notice. You walk across the basketball court and accidentally do a little bit of a stumble and, oh, oh no, I got Thaddeus <laughs> in his tall, tall face. Your arms had to wave really high to get it at him. Very oh. low. You forget this is an eight foot boy. Yeah. Oh, good point. Oh, yeah. So I'm sorry. Sorry. And, uh, yeah, he even sort of reflexively catches you a little bit, and that just makes it worse. It goes right in his nose. And uh, you, you apologize. You go on your way. And then a few minutes later, you hear a cough and a sneeze and another <laughs> sneeze. And then a, this messily, I, I need to sit out. Uh, my eyes are watering like crazy for some reason. I can't. Um, I'm going to... And, uh, yeah, Miss Messily immediately sees he's going to go into a sneezing fit and excuses him, and Thaddeus has to sit off to the side. And uh, with that happening, uh, the game continues, but without Thaddeus there, any pretense of this being a fair competition is gone. Neil is dominating the court. 
Uh, you think that based on the rules, someone else has to hold the ball for some of the time, but you don't even see it. It's just like all Neil. And since it's all Neil, the points are all going to his team. So you're just innocently plugging the scores in, but they're becoming more and more unbalanced. And you uh, don't mention that there's supposed to be a mercy rule. You just keep quiet about that. Then after a while, ever so faintly, you hear a humming coming from the scoreboard. And then it turns into a crackling. And then out of absolutely nowhere, just a huge shower of sparks explodes from the back of it cascading all the way down to the floor. Students shriek, and their shrieking only gets louder when a moment later all the sprinklers are set off. Oh god, everyone's getting wet. They're running around, they're panicking, they're shielding their hair and faces. Everyone into the change room, Miss Messily yells over the noise. It's not a real fire. You're fine. Just get in there, get back into your normal uniforms. I'll go to the breaker outside, see if I can shut this thing off. And everyone gets moving. I hurry over to the bags and I, I plant my homing device in uh, Paul's pager bag. Yeah. You look at the change room. Everyone finally has huddled inside. No one's peering out. They're all utterly preoccupied with their wet clothes and complaining. And you've seized the chance. You head to the bags, take out your tracking homing device, switch it on, throw it into Paul's bag among a mess of papers. In fact, just thinking quickly, uh, you snatch a few of those papers just in case they're extra evidence. If you leave them, I was going to say, I want all to the sprinklers, file through them. Yeah, the sprinklers might ruin them. You don't want that to happen, so you stick them under your shirt and you consider scurrying over to the change room and pretending you were there all the time. But then you realize, why bother? You've just done your job. You don't have to be in character any longer. And uh, let's face it, the adult posing as a child thing is creepy. So uh, you want to stop doing it as soon as possible. So you just head outside. You ignore Miss Messily out there fumbling with sprinkler controls as she calls out your fake name questioningly. I guess you had a <laughs> fake name. Uh, you head to the school gate and you just sort of hang around there. You wait. And after a few minutes, the bell rings and Miss Messily must have gotten those sprinklers sorted because the whole gym class comes pouring out, thankfully dry, although their bags are still dripping. It takes all of 10 seconds for your squad to swoop in under the instruction of Chief Flores and they descend upon Paul. All of the kids around him just start screaming. They have no idea what is going on. Nobody has time to act. It is over. And suddenly all the adults and Paul are just gone. And the only proof that anything happened was all the teenagers just standing there, frozen, open-mouthed. And uh, you brush your hands together in satisfaction at a job well done. Uh, that won't cause any PTSD at all. You stopped a <laughs> sneaky grown-up conducting some nefarious plan and traumatizing a bunch of children. And, um, man, what was his nefarious plan? Chief Flores never really made that clear to you. You could assume the worst, of course, but, you know, you don't like being uncertain. So before you head off for good, you take a look at the papers you stole. Most of them are normal-looking schoolwork, exam and event notifications. But at the bottom of the stack is something different. A handwritten note, definitely penned by an adult. Poor. It's working like a charm. I watched carefully during my class this morning, but I didn't need to. None of the students suspected a thing. Well, why would they? Based on this rousing success, I'll spend my afternoon free periods cooking up a bit more mischief. Devon. Oof. 
Your stomach knots up. This note doesn't really tell you anything about Paul's plan, but it arguably tells you something worse. That he's not alone. Devon. You, you think about your fake class timetable. Devon, could this be Devon Menifee, the head of the science department? What could he have to do with this? Okay, looks like your undercover mission may not be as over as you thought. But for you two, you have finished this room. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> wow, that was amazing. Yeah, that was so good. Thank you for listening to Escape This Podcast. Don't forget to tune in next week for Podcast This Escape, where we debrief with our guest and discuss the escape room that we just escaped from. <laughs>